Hey pumpkins, it's Nick. The following episode of Copulators Die First contains spoilers about the film we are discussing this week. And if you haven't seen the film, go ahead and give it a watch. Don't worry, we'll be right here waiting for you when you're ready. Yeah, and as always, don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on your favorite listening application. Now, on to this week's episode. Hello pumpkins and welcome back to the follow-up week of Fact versus Film. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. How Thanks are for you? checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. That worked out, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. How are you? I... Bitch needs a rest. Bitch does need a rest. I was just using okay as an umbrella term because you and I just talked about it, and I also don't want to talk about it anymore because it's not going to make anything better. No. But pumpkins, everything's terrible, and I just want to lay down. So <laughs> it's mama just needs like... a rest. Yeah, you just, it's one of those fucking parts of your life that you have to fucking power through. And you find yourself cursing a lot more because it's a way to cope. So, like, you know, like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. This is already marked as explicit, so what's the difference? Uh, Fuck. So, basically, everybody, I'm going to have to move and I'm not pleased about it. But it's fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Alrighty. I, yeah. So do you wanna do you wanna tell our little pumpkin patch what uh fact or film slash together we're doing? <sighs> yeah, so I feel like we just have to cleanse this energy. So one no. second. I just saged my entire house yesterday and then all day yesterday my house smelled like hot dogs and it was not pleasant because if you don't know what sage smells like it smells like fucking hot dogs it actually does now that you're saying it it kind of but it specifically smells like cooking hot dogs yeah and like water not like Mm -hmm. you're making hot dogs like on the grill it's like that dirty new york trash water dirty water dirty water dogs um that's that's how that's how my immune system is so strong Mm, mm. Um, all right i need to focus because do me one focus yeah i do just want, do you want me to introduce it no it's not even that it's that i was in the middle of getting my groceries together and i did not need to know that fucking ben and jerry's was on sale at shop right because it now happens. all thinking about is Ice cream and my two favorite friends, Ben and Jerry's, and the all concoctions of dairy. Ooh, Ooh. I made that rhyme Ooh. by accident. So, um, anyway. Also, the other thing, I have to issue a retraction because I got yelled at today. Diana does not actually like, like blood sausage. It's summer sausage. They are two different things. Oh, okay. I, I got a very heinous text in all caps that said, how dare you? What kind of monster do you think I am? What's wrong with blood sausage? It's not what she likes. I mean, you know, not everybody... I was giving factual inaccuracies, and that's not journalistically responsible of me. Girl, that was a mouthful of really smart words, and I love that. Thank you. That was great. Um, Okay. I guess not everybody is a fan of, like, that heme flavor, you know, like... (laughs) Yeah. Anywho, getting back to the uh, story at hand, in this week's installment of fact versus film we are discussing the haunting in connecticut a movie which in my memory was better than it actually is that's a fucking fact because i thought i was the only one that felt the same way and i was like man i'm very excited to do this and then i watched this and i was like why did i think this was really as good as i thought it did or was yeah. it's just you know it's not horrible uh for the time you know like for uh 2009 it was like it was it was good from the standpoint of you know um effects i do feel like this movie kind of uh, suffered from not really having many physical effects. 
Um, okay, so let's put it into perspective as to what also came out that year. Okay. Uh-huh. Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell, which you and I also saw together in the theaters. Which is a good movie. Orphan. Saw it together. Mm. Last House on the Left. Zombieland. Oh, I love Zombieland. I am very excited for Double Tap. Me too. Um, the House of the The House of the Devil. Also a good movie. Jennifer's Body. Well, fucking classic of all classics. So De- Dead Snow. Oh, that's another good movie. Um, The Unborn. Um, I don't think I've seen that one. I thought we saw it together, but maybe not. Uh, Loved Ones, if you haven't seen it. Uh huh. Halloween 2. Mm. Splice. Mm-hmm. Oh, Splice. Eh, whatever. Doghouse. Don't know what that is. It's very good. It's a British zombie film. Okay. Um, and then we also have. Um, nope, nope, nope. Here, wait. I had it, and it was good in comparison to what we were what we were talking about. The 2009 remake of Friday Thirteenth. Oh, uh, another mm, yeah, another piece of garbage. Yeah, I definitely thought the Friday the Nightmare on Elm Street oh. uh, remake was also 2009, but I guess I was mistaken, and it's mm. not actually 2009. Well, on the list of garbage remakes, that's number one. The, the I, Friday 13th one. But, I agree. I agree. Um, so, yeah. we can put this film into perspective as to what was also available for that time. 2009 mm-hmm. was a relatively good year for horror. Right. And at the time, The Haunting in Connecticut was celebrated for bringing haunting, possession, etc. back into the horror movie world. You know, we have been riding along with slashers and um, Saw is out by now. So, like... That's the where, uh, Final Destination films are popping. Right. So, like, you know. that's, that's where we're at. And then everybody's like, hey, what about a good old-fashioned Haunted House movie? Sign uh, me up. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. So, I saw this at some point in the past. And in my memory, I said, mm, it's pretty decent. And, hey, we're talking about movies based on true events this one's based on true events. Let's talk about it. And then I sat down to watch this film and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And then it started. And then I was like, wait, what is happening? I don't think I like this. And then I was like, well, it's not bad. And then at some point I was like, well, I got to watch this and I got to watch it till the end. (laughs) I got to see it through. Um, it's just it, it, maybe now, you know, where we're at in our lives, where a lot of queer individuals in their mid to late 20s or early 30s are, we're questioning religion and, um, you know, pulling the veil back, not speaking for everyone, but personally for me, uh, realizing that organized religion as a whole is positive for some people, but for me, not a thing I want anymore in my life. No, thank you. Um, and like right off the bat, mom in this movie is super religious. And like that just super duper eye roll for me right there. I um, agree. Um, and do they, okay. So to start this off, do they actually say around a time and date that this film takes place? Because I have the actual date. So, no. Okay. And and like they don't even really so like the movie opens haunting in Connecticut papyrus font which by the way I 100% was like the fuck why did you use papyrus font for a you know very wide released movie that was supposed to be you know like a blockbuster fucking papyrus font papyrus font papyrus font okay moving on (laughs) pirate font pirate font so moving on from there um you know okay cool based on true events whatever 
we have this woman sitting in shadow and it's basically that like already like we're setting up to tell you a story and it's like why did this happen well sometimes good things happen to bad people and i was like oh this seems like a lifetime movie um, you know what it probably could have done pretty well on lifetime i mean this is probably too scary for the typical lifetime viewer but but maybe you know, for like Lifetime Halloween, like how they do the Hallmark Christmas movies. Mm-hmm, maybe yeah. they do Lifetime Halloween specials. I don't know. Lifetime Halloween. So yeah, so we have Sarah Campbell, played by Virginia Madsen. One of those like blonde actresses that are like middle-aged. And like if you see her face, you know her. But you're like, oh yeah, it's that girl. You're not like, oh my god, it's, you know, Kira Knightley or something. It's like... Oh, it's that girl. So Right. That's this whole cast. This whole cast is full of, oh, those people. Yeah. Like the son, it's like, oh, it's that guy that was in um Jennifer's Body. And Jennifer's Body. Like he was in all those. Um He was also in uh the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. So there's our connection. Bada bing, bada boom. So you know he had his little stint in horror movies. Um so we move on from there. She's in the car. She's praying. Her son is in the back looking sickly. Um, long story short, the son is being treated for cancer. What type of cancer? Never established. That's just a problem for me. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I have the real answers, so I'm excited to share them with you. I'm excited as well because it will probably make me feel better. But like, it's just like, oh, he has cancer. He has cancer and he needs to be treated for it. And he's getting very vague treatments in this experimental study. And, you know, it seems like they're aiming some type of machine at his head area to torso area. So is it brain cancer? Um, Is it not? We don't know. But um, basically they live in one place. They go to this, uh, hospital for this trial in some part of connecticut it's an eight hour drive it takes a big toll on the sun after a treatment so they're like you know what we should really consider getting a rental property in connecticut by the hospital cool so here we are not much money down on luck family sick child blah 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 we're already setting this up which um i have now come to realize is a very specific but super common trend for um, possession and horror movies where there's like, you know, we moved into a house and things happen after that. Always the setting up of a family structure where it's like the down on their luck on their, you know, on their last road. Yeah. Like they've sunk everything they have into this house and they can't afford Mm -hmm. to get rid of it. That kind of thing. We're like, you know, it is it's been said that there have been four kids, five kids, um, but they do have a lot of kids. I know for a fact that the uh niece actually lived with them, so that is factual. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, I have a question for you, Mr. Medically Accurate. Uh-huh. This kid that's going through this cancer treatment, does that typically make you like a weirdo asshole? I mean, because I know it like basically scrambles your brain and it affects the way your brain functions because mm-hmm. of the radiation. Well, right. But, and right. Mm-hmm. So, 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 my- so my question is, is his behavior throughout the film, because it does begin to escalate at some point. He's just, he's fine. And then he starts to become more and more aggressive. Well, we don't know if that's because of the haunting and possession or if it's because of his illness. But Right. But I mean from a um, medical standpoint. I mean, he's a teenager. He is going through something that no one should have to go through. Um, so I'm sure this is all typical behavior of, you know, like a teenage cancer uh I don't want to say, you know, victim, but someone who's in their teenage years dealing with cancer. Um, 
if it's brain cancer, which they kind of make it seem like, if you ask me, then I would say, yeah, like all of that makes sense because, um, you know, especially with the radiation therapy, if you're aiming fucking, you know, microwaves, uh, burning up cells at somebody's head, like, yeah, sure. That's no bueno. Um, but I mean, otherwise, I cannot say because <laughs> <laughs> I am not a doctor. But, Yo no say. Um, anyway, um, so you know, they all of them move into this house. The dad is—he's like one of my least favorite characters in this film. He's not engaging. Yeah. He kind of just like he kind of just sucks. Um, they like Virginia Mads. A... Yeah, Virginia yeah. Madsen like leads into him being like this drunk, abusive asshole. Yeah, which is like they gave him a side story. Like, I'm sure we'll get into if that's real or not with the actual dad. But, like, what did that do for the story here? You know what I mean? Like, if that's something that they made up for the movie. Um, right. As of as of the information that I have, that is not a factual statement. Well, then that's uh, just annoying and stupid. Right. You know? He was he He was just a family man, as far as I know, who, you know was working full-time, at least two jobs to, uh, you know, support his family Mm -hmm. since the mom was basically a full-time caretaker for the son. So, um, like she is in the film. So all of them move in and they're, you know, they're picking all their rooms and they're doing that typical move-in day montage. And... The oldest son, who is the one that has cancer, chooses the... It's basically like an ensuite downstairs. Yeah, there's... Because he's got his own own bathroom, so he doesn't have to feel embarrassed, like, throwing up and stuff. And it's like, there's nothing to be embarrassed about, bro. Like, everybody knows you have cancer and you're really not feeling good. So, like, if you gotta puke, just fucking puke. It's not a big deal. It's fine. Right. And I'm sure his family understood that, but whatever. Right, and it's also giving him an air of independence that he... Maybe they felt like he wasn't ever going to have that bit of independence for himself as an adult because it was such a touch-and-go situation with his prognosis. Right. So he picks the, the downstairs basement bedroom, which was, you know, as a young teenager, we all wanted that downstairs basement bedroom, am I right? Uh, yeah, I can't to a degree. with that. Yeah. You know, just like mm-hmm. your own little space to be your own little man and do your own little thing. So, <sighs> the family is starting to get settled in and they're basically paying two mortgages because they're still paying for their actual house. Mm-hmm. Um, and not long after they move in, the oldest son starts having both visual and auditory hallucinations. And within those auditory... (laughs) What? Within those auditory and visual hallucinations comes, you know, mop water turning into blood and him seeing past things that have happened in the house. Yeah. Um... The whisperings... Yeah, he's just, you know, uh, he is having a time. He seems to be getting harassed by this boy ghost. Um, And as time goes on, it becomes clear that this boy ghost wants to explain what happened in the house to him as a way to ask him for help to, like fix whatever happened um and i will say with like the weird like zombies with no eyelids and the you know uh writing all over their body stuff that visual i enjoy that was pretty cool um very good use of practical effects i enjoy it um but otherwise it's like uh okay so this was a basically i don't want to say madman but like dude looked like dr robotnik from sonic a little bit 
Oh, and, yeah, totally. Yeah, he's like this mortician who has found this boy Jonah, who is a sensitive or a medium. Um, and he is digging up dead bodies and filling the caskets with sandbags, putting them back, and then doing what he do to dem bodies to trap the souls in the bodies as the vessel and basically use all of those souls in the house to amplify Jonah's medium powers so that they can have like the coolest seances around and make money off of it. And I don't know. It's just me. Even if it's the oldie timey days, that seems like a lot of work for maybe not a lot of payoff. Right. I agree. I feel Um, like, but then again, during the turn of the century where the past portion of the film takes place in home seances were popping. That was like the thing to do. I mean, Harry Houdini's wife spent thousands upon thousands of dollars and her personal time to have seances to contact her husband. Mm. So as somebody who, you, is just now realizing how much they enjoy paranormal things, I think think it's the seance bit is probably the coolest part of the film. Um... I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's, like, one specific part of this movie that I'm, like, it's the coolest. But, yeah, no, I definitely am certainly getting back into paranormal shiz. But mm-hmm. I still still don't want to fuck with that shit. Like, it still right. scare me. Um, Like, I don't want to own a Ouija board. I don't want to fucks with that. Um... Like, you went to a paranormal museum over the weekend, and nothing happened during the tour, but it was just, like, we were around a lot of objects that have had activity, and, um, like, I was fine, I was comfortable, but I'm still just, like, I don't know. I don't know where we stand. I'll figure it the fuck out, but anyway. So, anyway, um, um, Jonah is a medium, and, uh... The oldest son. I can never remember his name in the movie. Because I, 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 I have his real name. Um, <coughs> so he's he meets a guy while he's getting his cancer treatments who is played by Casey Jones from the original Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Elias Cotius. Um, so this guy is telling him about, like, you know, how his wife passed away, yada, yada, yada. And basically... He just needs to prepare for what may come because not every day you're given is like, you know, certain, mm-hmm. which this and this guy, I think, wasn't he a priest? Yes. OK, so he was a priest. And like, listen, if a priest is giving you some godly advice about life in the afterlife, take it with a grain of salt if that's your jam. But, right. you know, a little life advice never hurt anybody. So he you know, is experiencing these weird hallucinations and flashbacks to the 1900s um, with the events of this home. And uh, he basically finds out that he is going to die and that the souls are trapped in the house. And in order to save his family, he has to find the bodies. So so it's like yeah like his parents find out he's gonna die and the doctor's like I don't know what's keeping him alive at this point and we're like basically meant to believe that Jonah has potentially possessed Matt's body Matt there we go yeah Um, Matt Campbell Matt yeah the Campbells and the soups and um, yeah soup fam the soups fams Um, and so I, I don't think he would have been able of his own accord to like break out of the hospital and then go destroy the house. So I'm going to have to assume that like Jonah was helping him potentially have possessing him, but not in a bad way because Jonah wasn't bad. 
um, it's all the spirits in the house that were fucking angry that the that's where the danger was because they were like, "Bitch, you tied me to my body. I want to get the fuck out of here." Um, and then so we find out that this mortician dude had like literally lined the walls with bodies, and um, there's that one scene where the 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 girl cousin who's like the babysitter basically she like bites into the apple and it's already rotten and like the ghost had basically made all of the food in the house like rotten because like they're fed up with this bullshit and they want revenge and shit and jonah slash matt is like no i will release you don't do anything um and then so matt's like hacking at the walls with an axe and all the bodies fall out and he gets some formaldehyde and sets the house on fire. And then his godly mother is like, oh my God, Matt. And she like gets in the house while the fire department is still getting there and like finds him, pulls him under a table and then like starts talking to God again. And um, then somehow the, the firefighters figure out exactly where they are in the house and punch a hole through the wall and save them. Um, and then basically the spirits are released the house is cleansed jonah can now move on and like jonah gets out of matt's body the priest guy sees jonah and like they do like the dude head nod and then jonah goes away and basically jonah helps matt like get back into his body because he's like in the middle place or whatever yeah like it's like I, w- I want to say it's like spiritual purgatory, but like he's definitely toe in the line of is yeah. he or is he not? Yeah. So it's like it's it's, it's a movie. Um, going back to the seances, um, basically the guy was trying to amplify Jonah's powers, and then like the image of this movie is the like the boy with like something coming out of his mouth. Um, what is it supposed to be? Ectoplasm? Like, kind of. That's like a thing that, like, okay, hold on. Let me let me just do a quick Google because um, I don't really have too much information on the ectoplasm portion Uh of this presentation. Ectoplasm during sounds like a literal Ghostbusters thing. To be honest. Okay. Hem. Yes, I did mean ecto, uh, ectoplasm. Okay. Ectoplasm. Come on. Yeah, so, ew, it's gross. I always forget how gross it is to look at it. Um, this is a term used in spiritualism to denote the substance of, rich, of spiritual energy, um, which, you know, neither here nor there, jury's out, by physical mm-hmm. mediums. Is coined in nine in eighteen ninety four by physical research Charles Reichert. Um, although the term is widespread in popular culture, physical existence of ectoplasm is not accepted by science. Um, as many purported examples were exposed as hoaxes, fashioned from cheesecloth, gauze, or other natural substances. So smoke and mirrors, baby. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Um... It's certainly a very compelling story. Um, It's supposed to be based on true events. Um, But the story of the Campbell family from the very brief Google search that I did, because I already knew that you, you were like prepping, like, Mm-hmm. I pulled I, I pulled I pulled a Tory Lyle on us and I got mm-hmm. us a full page of notes here, baby. Yeah, so like I know that like in comparison to the conjuring last week, like there seems to be a lot more um uh creative license used here. Oh yeah. Um especially yeah. because the Warrens themselves were pretty controversial on this subject, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, do you want to rate this now or mm-hmm. do you want to rate it afterwards? Um, let's rate it as- afterwards. I mean, 
honestly, we didn't really hit like every single touch point, but like basically kid has cancer needs to get to hospital. Family lives far away. They rent this house. Mom kind of figures out that it was a mortuary, but doesn't tell anybody. Family then figures it out and is pissed off. Especially the drunk dad. The drunk dad is not having it. Drunk dad gets drunk once and then is like flying off the handles. Light bulbs be popping. Yeah. Berated by his wife like a child. Like, don't you come back if you think you were going to do that again. Um, Don't you do that around here. Basically. And then boy child with cancer is sensitive to the spirits in the house. They are compelling him. They are coming to him. Um, We discover that it's Jonah who was the medium. He was taken advantage of by the mortuary dude who was basically stealing bodies and then doing these rituals with them to amplify his gifts. Jonah tried to get away once, didn't. And then this like fateful uh, seance happened where too much ectoplasm came out of him and exploded into a fiery grave for the people that were there, I guess. Um, yeah, makes sense. The house then basically now possessed by all of the spirits uh, took uh, its revenge on Jonah by burning him to death in the... Uh, I guess it's probably the the crematory furnace um, in in the mortuary part of the house. And then, um, you know, family moves in. Matt gets weirder and weirder. Um, Family doesn't pay attention to the fact that shit's going down. Um, Mom finally is like, fine, uh, I'll let the strange man into my house because he's a priest. And, but ain't that the truth? Right. You could just say you're a priest and somebody will let you in. But I'm a priest. But I'm a priest. The answer is no, you're not. You're just mm-hmm. a weird guy. Yeah. Um, And he stole the wrong bones. And Sometimes you steal the wrong bones. I don't know. Yeah. It made it made the house angrier. And um, instead of at- attacking anyone, it basically just was like, Oh, you want food? Too bad. I'm going to make it rot. And then priest guy is like, oh my god, I found the error of my ways. I got to warn them. And then it doesn't matter because in the midst of that happening, Matt is possessed by Jonah, goes back to the house, destroys the house, the bodies are burned, blah, 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 blah. To be honest with you, Diane, I stole the wrong bones. Yeah, to be honest with you, Diane... I did not realize that when I had stolen that bone, it was the wrong part of a bone. And it, that bone should have been left where it was because that was not the right bone. Or how about uh, you just don't steal bones? Just leave them where they are. And like maybe don't line the walls of your house with bodies because that doesn't seem like a good mm. idea. Mm. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. do that. So like that's kind of the story of the Campbell family. And then they like loosely tie back this like... um interview going on right into the end and uh you know matt's cancer goes away like miraculously he recovers and um mom is being interviewed um and of course she's like it's because of the grace of god that my child is still alive and we made it through this and blah 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 um more papyrus font and um, that's the end. End scene. Yep. Okay. So now on to our little tidbit. It's a little more than a tidbit. It's pretty juicy. All yes. right. So picture it. Uh huh. June 30th, 1986. Okay. The Snedeker family moves to 208 Marin Avenue, Southington, Connecticut. Okay. So um, Carmen and Al Snedeker are the parents of three children and they are also the caregivers for their niece Mm -hmm. um so the oldest son philip um has hodgkin's lymphoma okay cancer type there we go is that fill in a circle for you i mean it makes sense uh um that is a common childhood cancer and it's a bitch so it's the bitch of living so 
Um, during his cancer treatments, uh, the family does fall on hard times, and they find this house, and they're like, gotta, we gotta snatch it while we can. That, mm-hmm. We don't understand why it's so cheap. Probably haunted, but we're not gonna ask questions. We're just gonna rent it. So, um, during that time frame, shortly after, um, he was, Philip was in the middle of radiation treatments, and began to exhibit both radical um, personality shifts and uh, started to become withdrawn and angry, which, hi, one, he's a brooding teenager, two, he thinks he's dying. So, let's let's keep that in perspective when we're learning about Philip, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, he also, in the months following his radical mood changes, um, began writing poetry okay. for beautiful coping mechanism. However, uh, some of his poetry had necrophiliac themes. Ooh. During one intense episode, he attacked his cousin with the intent of raping her. Oh, no. Yeah, so that scene in the film where he's, like, going, basically, like, going to punch his cousin. Uh-huh. That really happened, but he was actually going to sexually assault her. Well, those are two very different things. Correct. Um, His family had him arrested Mm -hmm. and taken in for an evaluation, which is commonly called the 5150, um, where he's pronounced schizophrenic. But then again, I don't think that's a very fair assessment of him, considering he is going through probably some type of weird treatment for his Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm -hmm. So, of course, his brain is like literally like a scrambled egg. I mean, um, I mean, it doesn't, like, account for all of that, but it's, like, probably related, so... Right, especially when you're a young kid, you're going through hormonal changes, first off. You're also going through the changes of figuring out that, like, life and death are real. Yes. And you are literally towing the line of both, and you don't know where you stand. Yeah, I, um, I, yes. I, I, I don't imagine that... Um, having to deal with your mortality as a child is, um, you know, a lovely experience. It's probably really fucking no bueno. Right. Um, After he was removed from the home, he was hospitalized for 45 days where his uh, both mood and and his uh, mental health began to improve. Mm -hmm. And that as soon as he came back to the house, right back to his old Philip self. Surprise. So other phenomena that was reported by the Snedekers included the repeated and brutal rape of both Carmen and her niece. Oh. As well as the acts of sodomy being performed on her husband by unseen entities. Wait. Yep. Well, hold on. Hold on. It, it just gets weird. Okay. All right. Okay. So my question is, if you're being raped and sodomized by ghosts. Yeah. You don't think that's caused to break your lease? Um, I think it's caused to certainly remove myself from that physical space, even even if, you know, they didn't break the lease right away. Like, they should have been like, we're getting the fuck out of here. Right. Right. Hold on. I just lost my spot. Um, okay. So, the mop water, as we previously discussed, that is pretty factual, uh, turned blood red, and scents of rotting flesh and decay were reported throughout the house. So, hi, you're getting raped, your house smells, there's blood everywhere. Why are they not thinking about these things and going, okay, these are all adding up to reasons we shouldn't stay here? Yeah, yeah, no, they sh- yeah, no, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, Carmen was awesome, Carmen's mom was also frightened of the apparition she saw, one with long black hair and black eyes, the other with white hair and eyes, wearing a pinstripe tuxedo. Um, It was then that Carmen decided to contact controversial paranormal investigators and Lorraine Warren. And that is from deadcentral.com. So, um, along with Ed Warren and Lorraine Warren, there have been other paranormal investigators, such as uh, John Zaffis, who hosts... um, some show, I think it's on Travel Network or something, and he basically collects haunted artifacts. Mm-hmm. My dad's real into it. Um, so, 
a few investigators, uh, the Warrens moved into the house for several weeks until they'd experiencing everything the uh, Snedekers claimed. Um, during their time in the house, they claimed to have seen firsthand the damage that the quote-unquote demons had done to inflict on some of the members of the household. Um, they, members of the household uh, are being slapped and beaten, pushed and slammed to the floor. Investigation in the history of the house supposedly revealed that the undertakers of the funeral home were found guilty of necrophilia, which fed the field of the fire. Um, so his, his poetry based on necrophilia wasn't entirely unfounded in the sense that one, he had no knowledge of that occurring because it's 1986 and there's no internet. So he couldn't have Googled it and be like, Oh, I'm going to start acting like an asshole because this is what happened here. And I'm going to use it to my advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so here comes the controversy, right? Because yeah. that's not already controversial. Um, the, this is based on, uh, the author, what's his name? Shit. Fuck. What's his name? His last name is Garton. He wrote, um, supposedly the true story called In a Dark Place. Ray Uh, Garton. uh Yeah. Right. So, In a Dark Place is a book written by Ed Garton slash, Ed Warren slash Ray Garton. And this is when... According to uh, an April 27th, 1999 interview with Ray Garten, um, he told me not to worry and that the family was crazy. I was shocked. He said, all the people uh, who came to see us are crazy. You think sane people would come to us? He knew I'd written a lot of horror novels prior to that, so he told me just to make some scary story up um, using whatever details I could incorporate from the book and make it scary. So basically, Ed Warren... Per Tori's and <laughs> Tori's previous episode, he's a giant turd and didn't really actually care about helping people. He was just out to make a buck. Right. Um. So the family continued to live there for two years prior to moving to Tennessee. So you yeah. dealt with that shit for two years. Right, and and like you know the the um. The Perone family haunting, like, was bad. Mm-hmm. But this seems, like, super duper bad if this is actually what happened. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Like, none of the, like, Bathsheba, if it was Bathsheba, did not get really physical with anyone until she really super duper tried to possess the mom. Um, Correct. But... Also, to put it in perspective, this is, like, the late 80s, and I feel like a man who is supposed to be the provider of a household um, getting sodomized by a ghost and then being like, cool, I'm still going to live here, though, makes absolutely no sense. Right. Um, so on that note, uh, Carmen and Al eventually divorced. Okay. Uh, she remarried somebody whose last name is Reed, and she is now a spiritual advisor, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Um, she also has plans of writing a book, uh, on the experience with John Zaffis, okay. uh, psychic Chip Coffee. Do you know who he is? Do you remember Paranormal State? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. He was that guy. He was... He's an openly gay medium. Um, he was also slated to co-author, but he decided he didn't want anything to do with the project. So, uh, the statements are refuted by multiple people, and it's even said that members of the family, mainly the husband, Al, had a uh, drug problem, and he was using this to uh, kind of bankroll his addiction. Mm. But I don't know, I don't want to say one way or the other that that's factual. I just know that's one of the speculations that occurred. Yeah. Um, so the family continued to live there for two years before they moved to Tennessee. And after that, um, after all the weird stuff happened, Philip went into full remission during his time in the home. So who actually knows what happened? But... 
um, in 2012, Philip actually passed away of cancer. Oh. So I actually have his obituary here if you're interested. Mm. Is it long? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, Phil Snedeker, 38, was a resident of Johnson City, Tennessee, passed away in his home Monday, January 9th, 2012. He was born in Marietta, Georgia, and worked as a truck driver um, at the time of his passing. He was a, of, of Catholic faith, loved music and hunting, is a survivor of his parents, a sister, two brothers, and four sons. His maternal grandmother and her husband, blah, 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 blah. You know, old people. Um, several yeah. nieces, nephews, cousins also survived. And that's basically it. Like, he was, he ended up becoming, like, a regular old dude. And that's, and that's via findagrave.com. So, if you're interested, okay. you can just go on findagrave.com and find out where Philip Snedeker is buried. And I'm guessing it's probably Johnson City, Tennessee, because that's where he lived out in his last of his days. Mm. Well, I will say that um, my suspicions have been confirmed <laughs> that this specific story seems to be uh, smelly. Smelly, smelly like the shit. Yeah, it stinks to high heaven and not of, you know, rosebuds, if you catch what I'm saying here. Oh, I do. Um, huh. I know. Isn't that I, weird? I mean, yeah. I mean, I like. I guess like I. I get that it's around the time of like um, the Amityville case and all that stuff. And um, it's basically around the same time as like Satanic Panic. If you catch my drift. Yeah, and like I. I get like be, I get being desperate. Um, you know all of that jazz. Um, but I mean, like facts are facts. If you're if you're sitting here telling me this kid's got cancer, chances are the radiation like mess with his brain. Um, chances are he's already like going through a hormonal time because he's a teenager, and then he has the added bonus of you know feeling like he's actually dying and not exaggerating that he's dying. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I I lack the words to properly express my thoughts right now. That's okay. Um, Do you just want to rate this? Yes. I mean, you know, this, I like this to me, like, I feel bad because this kind of seems like a throwaway to me because it's like such white bread bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't feel like it's a throwaway because like there is some historical factual basis to what's occurring. Right. And, um, you know, the point of the series is to unveil the facts behind the films. So in that sense, this was a successful episode. I just feel like like. It's such a blase, boring movie that it's like, meh, you know? But yeah, meh. like, I'm going to go ahead and give 2019 me versus 2009 me. 2009 <laughs> me would have given this about a four. Yeah. In 2009, this was a quality film. Yeah. 2019, I have waxed and waned on the subject. I have found better uses of my time. For, for watching this film because I, to be honest, I was really excited to watch this again and then I had a really hard time watching it. Like, I felt like I was struggling through it. Understandable. I felt like I was treading through ectoplasm. Ooh. Just very thick molasses-y um, hodgepodge of things thrown together to make a cohesive story but the real it uh it's kind of like putting all those bodies in the wall, you know what I mean? Like you're just putting band-aids on stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if we learned anything here, you don't like if you got if for some reason you find yourself in the possession of a lot of human remains, it's probably going to be less effort to I don't know, call the police uh or the I don't know, the doctor or the priest um or your landlord to be like, hey, why is there, yeah. like, you know, embalming fluid down here? Like, why are there tools down here? What aren't you telling me? Mm -hmm. But, you like, know, uh, just common sense stuff. And, and and I just, I don't feel like putting bodies in your wall is going to make your home 
structurally sound mm. long term. It's good insulation. It's so homey. I guess so. I mean, it's really stinky insulation for a while, I guess. But that's the other thing. Like, yeah, they smelled things. But, like, shouldn't the entire house just have smelled, like, gross the in- forever? Like, Maybe not. Because, like, sometimes things naturally mummify. Like, if you have, like, a mouse in your wall. I've been watching a lot of hoarders lately because, hi, I have to move and I dreading packing everything and Mm -hmm. I feel like a hoarder because I have too much stuff even though I don't really have too much stuff I have the appropriate amount of stuff for the space that I have so (laughs) um so in watching what is the man Lillian so in in I know her and Zachary are (laughs) he did her a chase and she did not appreciate it um so uh I lost my train of thought now cat Oh, so mummified things. Sometimes things just naturally mummify. If the temperature is right, it'll naturally mummify. So maybe that's what happened. But by the time you're living in that house and there's bodies in the wall, you probably can't smell them anymore. Well, I hope there's no bodies in my walls. I mean, also, it was a funeral home, so they took all the gore out. Uh, well, did he, though? Because like, that, like, that's the other thing. Like, Nothing about this movie was very well uh explained right so it's not like here's like um like a cicada shell of a human there's nothing in it it's just the crispy husk like we know that eyelids were cut off we know which is so gross that's like the grossest thing about this movie that he kept the eyelids in like a jar like why that's so weird yeah like it's like oh do you want to see my collection of dried eyelids like no No. Okay, like, I like weird things. I like oddities. I have a, like, cute little taxidermy bat that lives in my house. He's in, like, a little shadow box. And I think he's adorable. But I'm not gonna go out of my way and be like, "Mm, I could use a jar of eyelids. Yeah. No, that, again, a lot of work for not that much payoff. No, they just look like corn chips. Yeah, and and honestly, I, I feel like a lot of work, not that much payoff, is a good description of this film so that i agree i think my rating is gonna be two jack-o'-lanterns i agree i was gonna go for a two and then i got sidetracked because i was trying to come up with a reason why i thought it was a two and i had the reasons but i forgot to give it a pumpkin (laughs) oh well oh well so we're gonna give this a combined score of four out of ten pumpkins which I think, other than Manos, Hands oh. of Fate, is like yeah. one of the lowest scores we've ever given him a movie. Um, I believe so. And we're like pretty on par with IMDb, which typically doesn't happen. So we gave it a 4 out of 10. IMDb has it at a 5.9 out of 10. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 17% score. Huh. Uh, so that is pretty low. I didn't think it was that low, but watching it as an adult now versus yeah. as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. That I understand. Yeah. I have I, taken off my rose colored glasses. I can understand where you're coming from. About time. Because I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I guess that is really it at the end of the day. This was our second installment of Fact versus Film. It was far more vanilla than The Conjuring um, in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, Yeah, I feel like there was actually only white people in this movie. I believe so, too. But, like, you know, the research is very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting to see what these people are claiming is happening to them but then doing nothing about it yeah and and that's the thing because like i think we're both at a point in our lives where we're like no action is better than acceptance um i'm not gonna take that shit yeah i'm not gonna take that ghost bullying no and it does take some maturity to get to that point in your life where you're like action is better than anything else um it's better to be reactive. It's better than to be proactive than it is to be reactive. And then if you have to be reactive, it's better to actually react than to just like accept this as your new normal because that's how <laughs> things like um, 
getting a president that had a TV show happens, you know? Or, you know, complacency leads, leads to ghost sodomy. I don't know. Yes, complacency leads to ghost sodomy is really all that we need to know. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to guarantee that you're going to get ghost sodomized if you get complacent. But, like, you know, um, protect your bum, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you, you just, you have to stare that ghost in the eye and say, Hey, ghost, my butt is off limits. <laughs> Um, that's, it's only on limits if I say it's on limits, man. Consent it, is everything. Yeah, and Even if not. you're gonna let a ghost put it in your booty hole. I don't know. Yeah, I just shouldn't, shouldn't. This is just, this is just getting tangential and weird, and I don't think we need to go there. I mean, it's. It's silly. It's, it's just silly. silly. It is silly. It's um, just silly. It's been a long fucking week, and it's only Monday. Yeah, no, it really has felt like a good two days in the last 12 hours. It's been a rough one. And, yeah. Um, I took a very long depression nap yesterday, as in I slept from about four in the afternoon till about six this morning. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It, it waxed and waned. I took a nap. I woke up. I went pee and I went back to sleep. So, if that yeah. doesn't illustrate to you the kind of week I've had, then, you know. So, sorry, my research wasn't up to par. I guess I I I felt like there was no deficiencies in your research, so everyone else. I feel else like, I feel can go like there was. It. I feel like there was deficiencies in um, film quality. Right, and there was also deficiencies in story quality because there was too many inconsistencies, and again, ghost sodomy, um, which like I don't want to invite that into my life, but it just seems. I don't know. It, it like I'm sure that there are ghosts around us, but how many ghosts are like, you know what I want to do? I want to stick it in this guy's ass. I want to take my ghost dick and that's where I want to put it. I feel like that's a no. That's a no. That's it's a very no. hard to believe. I know I am stuck on that one specific it, detail. But it's such a weird detail. For the dad to be like, I was sodomized. Like, it seems very selfish of him to be like, oh, me too. (laughs) Right. And like, and then, okay, cool. Then get the fuck out of this house. If you feel that strongly about it, just leave. Right. Like, say peace bounce and do it. Um, Dead ass, not about to hang out in that house. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, You will not find my ass in (laughs) that house. Not with the not 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 with those dead asses. No, thank no, you. no, no, dead ass. I will not be around those dead asses. No, thank you. Dead ass. Probably just gonna title <laughs> title this episode. Dead ass. Dead ass. Ugh, gross. Um, girl, 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 girl. <sighs> I'm so excited. I'm going on vacation this weekend, and like, it's a much needed relief. I don't know how much I'll be able to relax. But where but are you going? I'm going to Virginia. Okay. Oh, yeah. is this the um the uh the gay camping trip situation? No, it's just me and Liam going to visit one of her friends and um we're just going to hunker down in a hotel and be away from our real lives for a couple of days. That sounds perfect and um It's like a staycation but slightly further from my house that I have to eventually within the next like week start packing. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, um yeah you know you you know um i'm being proactive instead of reactive i appreciate that and recognize that you are showing growth as a human oh i'm doing my breast and it sucks yes you certainly are doing your breast and oh um, i have a a quick anecdote before we go mm -hmm. i think it'll levy the mood yeah girl so the other day, my mom video chatted me because she had, um, okay, so background in my spare time when I'm feeling zazzy and, like, I need a stress reliever, I'll do, like, needlepoint <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm 100. And she's like, oh, I have a whole bunch of these needlepoints for you that I got from your aunt from, like, all of her stuff since she, she's been passed a couple of years now. And she's like, I got this cool one. It's got wizards on it. Do you want to see it? So I was like, yeah, hell yeah. I'll take a gander and some wizard needlepoint. And she holds it up to the camera, and I'm like, Mom, those are the fucking three wise men. 
Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Wizards, indeed. Definitely. I mean, might as well be, right? Yeah. Wizards, am I right? (laughs) I mean, religion, is it real? I don't know. Jury's out. No. I mean, three wise men are basically wizards. Yeah. Might as well be the same thing. I mean... Well, I'm glad you enjoyed my anecdote about my mom thinking that the three wise men were wizards. Oh, your mom. I love her. I know. We have to get our moms together because they're just too crazy to be alone. Oh, I... Yeah. Uh, My mother is dealing with life the best that she can. And that involves still watching Empire. So... Oh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Um... But that's okay because that's because you know true. what? Yeah, and and there's a new season of the Great British Bake Off out. So oh, maybe I'll go watch that. It, you mean, know what's really stupid though? Netflix is now releasing it one episode a week, like a real television show. But, I don't approve. Right. What's the point of streaming to stream all the time? I know. I'm already salty that I have to buy Wow Presents Plus again. Oh, yeah. I I still have it. I never got rid of it. Um, but now I have a reason to actually use it. So Yeah, because Drag Race UK starts soon. It do. And you know soon. what else? I don't is... know when, right? October? Yes, it starts in October. And that means October is close enough that um, it's okay to use pumpkin spice uh, hand soap in our bathroom and um, consider drinking hot beverages again. But it's just still a bit too damn hot for that. And uh, that's not okay with me. I and... made chili and that was good enough for me. Oh, I want all of the warm foods, but only when it's cold. So I'm going to try to invoke it into the universe that it'll be cooler out by starting to make crock pot soups, which... I typically make one of like a week because soup is good. That's I why like... I made chili because it's literally all I'm going to eat for the next three days while I'm home because yes, I don't want to have to go grocery shopping. That is literally the dream. Like that, like that's the other, like that is a sign of growing up. Like I am going to make this dish that will last my household days because I want to effectively feed myself and my family on a budget, but also with what is in my refrigerator so I don't waste the food. Like, that is, like, peak adult. So, cool. Thanks a lot for being an adult with me today. It was very difficult. (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah, I... I, you know, like some people get really excited for the summer and it's going to be bright and sunny and it changes their mood. As soon as it hits October, that's how I'm going to feel. That's how I felt this morning when I got up and left for work and it was still dark outside. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's what I want. That's what I I want. I'm like, I'm like, I'm so like, I'm waiting to have my first pumpkin spice something. Um, And like, you know. I enjoy pumpkin spice things. They're not my favorite, but like you need to indulge in one or two. And it just my my typical fall morning that I can't wait to have is like going to Dunkin' Donuts on the way to work and getting a pumpkin spice coffee, but asking specifically for no extra sugar because the syrup is already going to be sugary enough. And just me driving to New Jersey from Staten Island, listening to a podcast with not having to have the AC on because it's cold out. And, like, I'm wearing a chunky sweater and the podcast is, like, good and I'm, like, having fun and I'm sipping my coffee and I get to work and I get out of my car and I don't feel a wall of heat hit me. Or your glasses get all fogged up. Or my glasses get all fogged up and then I go inside and the office manager never turns on the fucking AC until the middle of the day because I don't know why, but hi, Linda. I actually want to, like, not die while I'm working. Thank you that's, very much. That's fatphobic, and I'm not about it. It's not even fatphobic. Everybody <laughs> is like, bitch, the office is hot. Turn the AC on. So I have, like, three fans in my office because I just need some type of crosswinds going on to cool me off. So... I just can't wait until the day that I don't have to feel overheated just by existing. 
Um, That's fair. That's fair. Fair assessment on your um, ability to maintain temperature. Way to go. That's proper adulting. Girl, homeostasis. Like, I need to find it. That's peak adulting, you know? Homostasis. Homostasis. Where is it? How do I find it? Do I purchase it or do I find it within myself? Um, wow presence plus would tell you you have to buy it. For three ninety nine a month or something like that? Probably. Yeah. All, All right. right. We're gonna well, close this out. It's eight thirty on a Monday night. And yep. I want to be in my PJs. So um, you know, you know the spiel. Keep on creeping on and we'll see you all next week. Yes. Amen. And be our friends on the social meds. And um, hopefully your weeks are splendid and bright. Uh, Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.